0: Kako kapoe,
1: kapoe o kei aina Ake atua i kohoa i Hey, aloha, kohala, and welcome to our Kuka Kuka show this evening, 7 o'clock p.m. A little bit uh, jang, you know. Uh, Ramsey, are you there?
0: Aloha, Jeff.
1: I'm here. You know, uh, this evening was, uh, wow, I don't know, you know, everything, uh, I'm sitting in my popoleo uh, Hawaii class. And uh I didn't have my my cell phone with me and I turned to my fellow student and I said, uh, hey, what time you get bro? And he said, Six forty five. Who? I ran out of the class, hopped in my car and sped up to the station. But the thing is, um uh, I think our time is a little bit off, you know? Mm. Uh I I know uh uh the, the the program was running long before me. So, like, you were calling at 7, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're calling at yeah. 7. I saw the thing going off, and this guy had, like, you know, his program was still running. It's going, oh, shoot. But anyway, I'm glad you're here. No, thank you for inviting me. Oh, I, I'm I'm just uh, overjoyed. Uh, this is my good friend for our listeners out there, uh, Ramsey Tom. Uh, he's an old friend. I knew him from many years ago. Uh, we did f- quite a few things together, yeah? Yeah,
0: that was uh, quite some time ago. In like fact, someone sent me a, a a link to something and flashback back thirty five years.
1: <laughs> Is that long? Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. But uh, again, I, I'm really uh, happy you're here. And you know, to be totally honest, I've been telling people, "Oh, you gotta listen to this guy." Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a few, very few people in my life that I've met that are multi-talented. I mean, you know, these guys, uh, they can sing, you can sing, they can dance, they can play music, They, you know, they're a, a very knowledgeable in different fields. I mean, it's just uh, a joy being around people like you. And uh, But there's not too many uh, people in my life like that. You know, I I, uh, I don't know why that is. Maybe I just don't get around much. But I yeah, appreciate I, that, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah, you know, and uh, people asked me, well, what's he going to talk about? And, I, and I, I stopped and I went, everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I mean, the guy is so knowledgeable. I mean, whatever you want to talk about. But, any Ramsey, I uh, was wondering uh, if you could introduce yourself, give us a little bit of background uh, about yourself, et cetera, if you could do that for us.
0: Yeah, mahalo, well, Jeffrey. Um, Ramsey, Ramiges, Mahalani, Tom. Uh, My parents call me "son." My daughter calls me "dad," and my wife calls me whenever she wants to. (laughs) And my students—they call me "kumu." That's if I'm—if they're learning anything from me. But if not, then they just call me Ramsey. Um, I've been very fortunate to have uh, been mentored by multiple kupuna over the years. Ohana from Kaua'i, as well as uh, uh, Kaua'i Island. Uh, But maternal and paternal grandmothers were from Kaua'i. Uh, Kauai Kahawaiola'a clan and uh, Naneole clan.
1: Naneole. So,
0: Mm. Naneole. So, in fact, you're talking about things we did together. Jimmy Naneole was over there. He's my cousin. and If you recall, we did some early discussions when uh, the Hilton That's right. was being put together. At the time, it was called the Hyatt Regency. That's right. And I think you were still with Alumiki at the time,
1: yeah? I, I, I was, think. yeah.
0: Yeah, so um, Kamehameha graduate, class of 1978, fortunate to have gone to the Air Force Academy. That's right, yeah. Uh, and graduated with a bachelor of science degree from University of Southern California. But in the interim, I also worked uh, in Washington, D.C. with uh, then-Congressman Cecil Heftel. So that was followed by a short stint at Kamehameha Schools before I then moved to the island of Hawaii where we met and started doing work together.
1: You were teaching my oh. son martial arts.
0: That's right. That's right. And I'm still doing that. You're still doing that? Still, Still teaching. In fact, I'm... I'm here in Arizona right now. Tomorrow night and Saturday, I'll be doing a lecture on uh, Lua, the way of the Hawaiian warrior.
1: And, uh, Hawaiian Lua. Yeah,
0: Hawaiian Lua. I'm primarily from the Kaihivalu Ohana. Uh, so I'm the Po'o for the Kaihivalu Lua clan. Uh, Olohei Salome Kaihivalu, who just recently uh, made his transition, he's now at the table of the ancestors, but his, his Ohana is rooted back in. Uh Ka'u, but he uh, moved to the continent and raised a family and did most of his teaching uh, in Anaheim, California, and I was fortunate when I was going to USC to have started learning from him then, and then uh, he asked me to take on the kuleana of being the po'o for his school and his halau or his pa in uh, Honolulu, or in Hawaii. Um, so I was very fortunate to have been mentored by him all those years ago. And So I'm going to be talking about uh, the Lua and different principles, concepts, uh, and how we can integrate those principles in, into contemporary life. It's not about fighting, but it's about, you know, about Allah. And it's seems strange, but, you know, <laughs> they, they do go hand in
1: hand. I remember uh, a discussion I, I think I had with you and uh, with others. And when we looked at King Kamehameha uh, uh he seemed to be a very violent person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they practice uh, human sacrifice, and, mm-hmm. you know, the type of uh, warfare was basically hand-to-hand up front mm-hmm. and close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then I remember my mentor said, oh, but he was practicing Ho'oponopono. That's right. And I thought to cool. myself, what? are you? Wow, yeah. wow, what What do you mean? Yeah, and I'll let you talk about that as we go along in the program.
0: Yeah, so I'm, that's the other part of it. Yeah, so I was fortunate to have been mentored by other kupuna like Ante Morna and Alamaku Simeona. So I continue to share... Her teaching um, through classes and workshops, and whenever we're invited, but we're usually on Oahu uh, twice every other month, we do a class, and we've been doing that since she made her transition back in 1992. Wow. Um, and I also had the privilege of being mentored by Deepa Baki from Maui. So, and many of these things, as well as about other kupuna and lao Uncle Tommy Solomon from
1: Kohala. Yeah. Uh, Uncle breeze, John Peter from Honoka. No? John Pitta, yeah. 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 Uh, a brief story no. about Uncle Tommy. Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. go ahead. You, you mentioned Uncle Tommy. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he uh, treated many people here in Kohala. hmm mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, uh, oh, he was giving me scolding. I was, <laughs> I, yeah, I was I was diving someplace and I fractured my foot. I didn't know. Mm. But instead of coming to see him right away, I waited like several days. And so when I finally got back to Kohala, oh, he was angry. He told me, you know, boy, when things yeah. like this happen, you got to come right away. You cannot wait. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to talking and he, he was telling me, oh, in one of our conversations that what he did was a form of lua. And I went, oh, really? Mm-hmm. He said, it's not about breaking the bones. It's putting them mm-hmm. back. Yeah. You see, that's another form. And I, again, I'm going to let you talk about that because I don't know too much about it. But I just want to share the story since you mentioned mm-hmm. Uncle Tommy.
0: Mm-hmm. No, no. Thanks for sharing that because it's one of the reasons why, you know, I think I ended up meeting with him because I actually had injured my knee and I was in pursuit of blue. I was looking at, you know, I had already had spent some time with uh, Tutu Tutukale, Charles Ken. On Oahu, when I moved to Hawaii Island, Um, and unfortunately he passed before I could actually puka, you know, graduate with him. So I was on the Big Island and had an injury, and it led me to Uncle Tommy. And so in the process of you know working on my my leg and knee, that's when I kind of became hawaiana to him. But I asked him the question about Dua, oh, and he kind of gave me a funny look, right? And he said, ah, you know, like, the, the kind of pilau stuff, you know, like that. Now I got to show you this other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but you could see this twinkle in his eye. He was always oh, like a oh, makawulu'ula. Oh, you know, yeah. Okay, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Every time you see me, it's uh But he gave me that look. He goes, Man, and that pilau, that kind of, I should see something
1: else.
0: Um, but he was showing me Dua, you know, and really... It was the uh, lomi ha, ha so there was a lot of lapa part, but the uh, haha was what i I became more focused on, and uh it actually served me well but to to your point, um he was talking about that being called pono so it it wasn't strange that shortly thereafter he uh, became affiliated with that and and ho now now took a, she invited me to come and, you know study with her. And, um, come to find out, nua, opposite side same coin. You know, about making right. Right, right. And, uh, mo lalo kamehameha, doing that, you know, to be a warrior, you have to be, you know, at that level, you know, in terms of what we would call violence, but it's a, a focus. You know, you don't, you don't come home. Um, but when the wars were over, you know, he didn't sit on a throne like other people, other kings are. But he went back to planting tarot. And so much so that people didn't know where he was. And when you really think about it, what he was doing was you know, The idea of bringing balance. So some might say that the battle itself was Ho'oponopono, making things right, bringing things to a point of balance. But for all the life that he took off the land, by becoming a farmer and planting taro, he was putting life back into the land. And for all the blood that he took, he had to put back. So that reciprocity agreement of Aloha, you know, he as Mohi was demonstrating that to his people, I think. And I don't think too many people understand that. Um, and I think the Western lands will continue to vilify him as the Napoleon of the Pacific.
1: You know? Right, right.
0: Um, but I think it all depends on who's talking telling the history, right? So the British beat the French, so they're going to refer to Napoleon, the enemy. And in this case, others might refer to Kamehameha the conqueror as, you know, that type of leader. But in reality, you know, he did not go back and sit on the throne and point fingers. When in fact, he went to the Lohi,
1: Uh, And, uh, uh,
0: and became a farmer. And then all of the Couple. I mean, he lived by couple, and he demonstrated that. And although some said, "Hey, you're the king," you know, Vancouver said, "Come with me," you know, jump on the ship, go sailing. You're the king. You can do whatever. And he said, "No, there's couple." He said, "But you're the king," because that's why I can't. I'm the king. I cannot break couple. I have to demonstrate. So there was a lot, you know, in that, but he was always operating at the high principle. Well, and
1: so
0: with Ma Malo, I. You know the law of the splintered paddle. Uh-huh. I think he made a shift. That was an act of forgiveness in any way. It was an act of acknowledging, you know, responsibility. Uh, he started something and realized that he was wrong. You know, it wasn't Pono. And so being being saved from that and or surviving that that shifted. And that that law is technically still in the books. <laughs> You know, which is an interesting concept because the we're dealing with homeless homelessness across the state and technically that law is in place and we, cannot, we shouldn't be moving them around the way we are.
1: Well, wait, could you... Anyway, that's s- another conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I remember <laughs> Sorry about that. Uncle Tommy went back in 1978 when the uh, land tenure changed mm-hmm. from uh, sugarcane to calories, And so the all the uh, plantation roads were now being fenced, gated, and mm-hmm. eventually uh, the gates were locked. And so people didn't have that freedom of movement. And so Tom, Uncle Tommy and a few others, including myself, and Lani, remember Lonnie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started, we started an organization. And uh, he gave it its name. He called it Hui mm. Mamalahoa, And And uh, we asked him, oh, Uncle Tommy, what does that mean? He said, that means peace peace mm-hmm. to access like the uh, law of the splintered battle mm-hmm. and uh, of course the kupuna yeah? he had that wisdom mm-hmm. and knowledge
0: yeah. yeah
1: I wish they were yeah, still so, around. what's that? I wish they were still here
0: yeah yeah but I'd like to think that you know parts of them in, are in those that they shared themselves with and um, I also often kick myself in the you know
1: in the, ah, in the,
0: yeah. the for not spending more time, but I'm fortunate and grateful that I spent the time I did with him. Uh, because as you said, there was a different wisdom. There's a different way they looked at the world. You know You're
1: exactly and right, know, huh?
0: There was a wisdom that was very simple. The complexest thing it came up with simplicity, you know. And I found the same with uh Uncle John Fickon, uh and talking with him and then Uncle Al Gray from Miller Lee. And these three gentlemen uh, were instrumental in helping me to, to look at the healing side of what ultimately was Lua. And so the tempering, yeah, understanding that it's, it's, you have to fix it, and why would you want to break it? <laughs> 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 you know? The Kuleana is a, you break them, you fix them. Right. So, you know, we hear it all the time in the martial arts. And I've I studied multiple arts, and I've been in the arts since about oh, six. My dad was a police officer, MP, you know, martial arts. So I've been involved in the systems for a long time almost 60 years, 50 years. But you always hear it, you know, you have to learn to heal before you hurt. And it's an adage for many people, but man, for more, it's the truth. Because, you know, if you're out in the battlefield, you got to, yourself and your comrade and if it is a bone-breaking art, dislocation, muscle manipulation and nerves, you gotta know how to take care, you know, of yourself. So la'aula fa'a was important, Haha ha was important to realign bone and muscle, yeah, but then there's pono, yeah, and then the, the spiritual side, so you can fix the physical, but if the, the ano is not right, yeah. If your spirit's not good, it doesn't matter whether the outside is good. You gotta fix the inside through. So they go hand in hand. And uh, so therefore you take responsibility, you break somebody's bone, you gotta fix it. Okay. So that's the I think that's the balance. That's the understanding of the man yeah, in these practices of Rakukuna. So I, I feel very grateful that one they were willing to share with me and as well as give me uh direction. This, when the time comes
1: you have to share with us. so you mentioned that uh, there was this kuleana
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know there was this responsibility mm-hmm. oh, very simply what you break you gotta fix mm-hmm. and I think uh, that's how they live their lives
0: yeah, yeah. No, because you know they live in a world of we yeah? where today we live
1: in a world of me what was and that again right
0: they lived in a world of we, of kakou, right? Uh-huh.
1: Okay. We when we, we say it's
0: a kakou thing, we talk about us, everybody. But fundamentally, I think the shift was that this comes from a time of we where the community worked together and everyone looked out for one another right? um, and their places. We now live in a time where we look out for me. So if you were to draw it on a piece of paper you could start with we at the top of the page and me at the bottom of the page and there's a we've descended from we to me. And in the process of moving from we to me, we've created them and uh, us. You know, we we're now living in a bifurcated world of ones and zeros, you know? And everything is accounting. With Kulyama is accountability, right? Yeah right. And so what Uncle Tommy and others were like in we're talking about our accountability. Who are you accountable to? What are you accountable to? Yeah, accounting is counting. You know, you count one, two, three, but one day you're gonna be accountable. And that's that's cool. It's not just a sense of responsibility, it's accountability. You know? And I think that's what he was talking about. That's what these guys were talking about. You touch somebody you, unless they invite you, you take it.
1: You know? Oh, right, right.
0: Yeah, you don't, you don't just step in, you know, uh, there's, there's an ego state about how oh, I want to heal somebody, right? I remember Uncle John, you know, telling me, if I could do it again, I wouldn't because it's a, it's a actually a burden, right? So, to consider oneself a healer, is a burden. And he mm-hmm. said, you never reach in unless somebody invites you or asks you kokuwa, they're healing, right? You're helping them find balance. But the minute you step in, if they let me do this for you, you're taking the kuleana from them.
1: And putting it upon and, yourself?
0: Yeah, not only yourself, but you put it on your family.
1: Yeah. Somebody's
0: got to live up to that mana. You know? And the reality is, that, that's their karma. So unless, if they ask you to kokua that's fine, because that means that you're coming too, and you know? you're working it together, but you're you're going to help them with that. But they're still doing it. But if you say, hey, let me take that from you, they still got to learn the lesson sometimes, because that was a lesson. In the meantime, you just grab that lesson from them. So somebody's got to learn that lesson. And if it's not going to be you... So
1: you take that responsibility away from them.
0: That's right. And you now place it on somebody else. Somebody... In your family, so it could be one, two, three generations later. It could be your your children, your grandchildren. And I've seen it. I've seen it with some families where they've taken on kuliana that they weren't supposed to, and one to two generations later, get boo boo hand, boo leg, something, because it and it reflects what they actually did. You know, in
1: so, so there's a, a consequence.
0: Yeah. It's all, there's
1: always a consequence. Always a
0: consequence. Yeah. Huh? yeah. This is the, the concept the pono.
1: Right? Yeah. Uh, the balance. You know, yeah. the word kapu mm. has been, I hear it a lot mm-hmm. nowadays. Mm-hmm. And uh, you briefly touched upon it. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you could uh, share your thoughts on, on that word kapu.
0: Yeah, you know, most of us grew up with, you know, the concept that when you, when you want to reserve something, you say, yeah, a couple of this, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, You put yeah. your bag on the table, say, hey, couple. a
0: couple of this, yeah. this is mine, right? Oh. Um, or we always saw the... The sign. A couple of sticks, right? Crust oh, one right. And right. Other. Yeah. And we say, a couple, you know, you kind of go in there.
1: Oh, yeah, a couple, uh, keep out.
0: Yeah, keep out, right? Yeah. But fundamentally... It's about respect. Kapu is respect. In one one level. At one level, it's respect. But in the word kapu is pu, which is the concept of in, in, internal energy. It's
1: pu, captured the word pu, p-u. pu,
0: Yeah, P-U, yeah. And like apu, like a bowl, yeah? Oh, right. Yeah. And then the ka, that we talk about, it's just a thought, the but ka is the concept of the traveling through time and space. Like kane, yeah. so when you look at all these things, this is the a, a deeper principle of the the internalization of this energy. This is an inside job. Couple is inside, and I tried to explain it to somebody um, the difference between kapu and kapa. You know,
1: kapa. Yeah, is know.
0: the the palapala, the paper, right? Or Kapa right. is the tablecloth. Right. Kapa is an external thing. It's a garb we wear externally we put it on the wall, we put it on the table.
1: Right, the kappa. right, right.
0: The kappa. A kapu yeah. is an internal thing, something you wear inside. So, it's an internal spiritual principle which we demonstrate physically with respect of whatever it is we think kapu on. Now that's one way of looking at it. For instance, um, you know, my wedding band. Anyone that wears a wedding band, technically the wedding band
1: kapu. represents... Couple, yeah? yeah,
0: but the wedding band itself is kappa. <laughs> it's couple, right you can take the couple off, but you cannot take off the couple, right? the kappa comes off the finger, but the couple lives in your heart,
1: oh, the couple is there, yeah,
0: the couple's is inside, the couple's outside, right. so the ring represents what's inside, yeah, it shows everybody else a hey, respect. I wear this ring out of respect. I respect your ring. You respect my ring. But for the guy or woman that takes the ring off, they can take the couple off, but the couple didn't go away.
1: Right, right. That's an
0: internal thing. See? So they're hiding the couple when they take their ring off. A couple is not like that. Couple is what it's. This is what we talk about: integrity. Yeah? Integrity is my inside and my outside is the same. What you see outside is what you see inside. And so, when you say couple, are you living a couple? Your words, your deeds, your actions, your thoughts, your emotions—are they all consistent? Are they in alignment? Yeah. Because when they're in alignment, then that's then, then,
1: When then, you say yeah. one
0: thing and do another thing, that's all That's a misalignment. And so, couple is like that. So, regardless of you couple moi, couple aloha, whatever it is, couple couple you're saying i'm respecting this I live this way so the other way to say it is it is the way
1: the couple is the way couple is the
0: way whatever that is yeah yeah so if there a couple is for fishing the way for fishing is this this is what you do under this moon this sun this tide the couple says you do this under a different moon don't touch this fish under this fish on this moon you touch this fish you know that's the couple the way to pres- preserve and conserving this fish is to live by this couple, only catch it under this moon.
1: My understanding was uh, that it was something that was spiritual. That uh, <laughs> the couple, uh, I was reading it somewhere or studying it, was not from man, but mm-hmm. it was from the gods. Mm-hmm. And it was the gods' love for mankind that he said, Oh, like you, uh, you were explaining, uh, this is kapu in order for you to, to, uh, to sustain yourself. Yes. Yeah, that's why I put this kapu on opelu mm-hmm. or aku or, or whatever. So mm-hmm. that, you know, through the wisdom, uh, the spiritual Aye. wisdom, you can continue to survive and thrive.
0: Polo yeah, that's, that is important because you know most of us, because we've we've we tend to hear it from the Western lens. Yeah.
1: yeah. Prior
0: to uh, Olalo Hawai'i being revived, and has been coming. We were hearing the stories and these concepts from others who were observing it from outside, and their their biases were defining it. So what we learn about our culture for those that haven't lived through the culture, you know, in their culture. We were learning it and watching it through the biases of, of observers, and so they were relating it to what they understood. And when they saw kapu, they saw the punishment.
1: Right? Oh, right, right, right. So you break the law, every, you pay the penalty. Yeah,
0: you break the law. You, the consequences you're talking right. about, right? So
1: not the blessing.
0: Yeah, not the blessing, right? The reward and punishment. There's a reward for a living kapu, but we only focused on the punishment. But that's a control and command structure thing, right? That's that's fundamentally an underlying principle of colonization. <laughs> I don't care who you talk to. Yeah, that's true. At some true. point
1: in time. I mean, we are being right? totally honest. Right. So who right. wrote so the history? Who writes the history? Who understood the right. language? I mean, the language right. is so deep. That's right. You know, my, my son tells me, he says, oh, dad, he, he's, he's uh, getting his degree in uh, linguistics, of all things, he speaks fluent Japanese and he tells mm-hmm. me, You know, Dad, I'm learning Hawaiian now. Hawaiian, Hawaii. Uh, and he said, mm-hmm. uh Oh, sure is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells me, You know, Dad, there's 600 words for rain. Mm-hmm. And I go, What? I said, Yeah. yeah. And I go, yeah. Man, how deep is that language?
0: It's yeah, amazing. and there could be one, one word
1: that can have 600 meanings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the kauna, you know. Yeah, the kauna. But that's so interesting because the other part of the kapu, yeah? and thank you for uh, taking us on that journey because mm-hmm. I think uh, for my listeners out there, many of them are very interested to understand, not only to learn, but to understand uh, the different cultural aspects of uh, the the Native people, you know, the mm-hmm. Kana'akama'oli. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, Another word uh, that's uh, being used is kapu aloha. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you could take some time to share your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, I mean it's like anything else, you know, we start using phrases and they take on their own meaning. So again, if our experience with kapu up to now has been a focus on punishment, the harsh Consequences, right? Yeah, it's hard to say kapu a It almost seems paradoxical, right?
1: Yeah, you're saying yeah, two right. things at the
0: same time. Yeah,
1: right, right, right. right. Kapu that's hard,
0: hard. a law soft. Yeah. So the to I, the yeah. average person, kapu a law, it doesn't. It's kind of like terribly good, right? Yeah. So when you think about it from a linear standpoint and from the Western lexicon, that's what happened. But when you step back to this other thing we're talking about, couple being a spiritual principle, then it makes complete sense because Aloha is a spiritual principle. That said, most of us know Aloha, not as a spiritual principle, but as a marketing principle.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So
0: the person outside looking in says, "Okay, Aloha says hi, hello, goodbye." Right. It's a greeting. Right. Or it's it's a hug. It's a kiss. It's 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 all of these soft. But fundamentally, the Allah principle is much deeper than that. The concept of reciprocity, which is giving and receiving. This aloha is always reciprocal. When we take from the land, we put back in full measure. When you give back in full measure, others will survive. Others others will benefit too, not just you. The law is to give back and, and receive. Right? Giving and receiving versus giving and taking, which is what our contemporary world operates most often from. Give and take, give and take. But always is about giving and receiving. You know, so people talk about
1: that notion, Giving and receiving. So just giving
0: and receiving.
1: Not giving yeah. and taking.
0: Not giving and What's
1: taking. What's the difference?
0: Well, you know, you can give something to somebody and they can take it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah.
0: It's called open chain. Once you give, they take. It doesn't come back. So the law of principle is one giving and receiving. Every time I receive something, I give something back. It, it may not be to the same person, but I'm going to extend that to the next person.
1: The right? extended law to uh, that extended allure, continue right? that uh, reciprocity. Yeah,
0: that's right. That reciprocity, uh, and it actually comes back to identity, right? So kapu aloha is identity to a certain degree. The kapu, the way of aloha. So if we say kapu equals the way, aloha is reciprocity, giving and receiving, right? When you give and receive, everyone is left whole. There's no puka. You don't leave people in a whole. You leave them whole. So if they give you something and you're going to give back in full measure, they're never left without. So our customs, our practices, the reason you don't go to a house empty-handed is because we know by custom, when you go to someone's home,
1: you take something.
0: they're going to feed you something. right? right? They're going to give you something by, by custom. You come to my house, I'm going to make sure, hospitality, whole keeper. I'm going to give you something. But the reality is that that's the resources. Resources are hard to come by back then as they as, as they are today. So if someone gives you some food off from their table, that means they don't have food for later when you leave. So fundamentally, when you come to somebody's home with food in hand, what you're ultimately doing is you're replacing whatever you know they're going to give to you. It's a preemptive move, right?
1: Right, right.
0: And if you operate with aloha, you're going to bring food or something that that family cherishes, that family uses, not something that you want. So, you know, when you go to a party and you bring some food and you say, hey, we've got to stop and get some something to take. And you stop and you get cheesecake because you like cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But you go to the party and you know they're diabetic. They're not going to get cheesecake.
1: See? So when you leave, they're going to
0: give you the cheesecake back, which is also part of that custom, Because they want to leave you whole. You came with something. Therefore, they're going to give you something when you leave. You don't leave empty.
1: You're gonna leave piha full. Right. They always right. say, Hey, make complete, make complete. Yeah, 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 take home exactly. for the uh, the wife. Take, take, That's right. You know. That's
0: right.
1: And I remember so, go ahead.
0: No, so if they give you back your cheesecake, you know they don't do cheesecake.
1: <laughs> 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 I remember uh, as a child, mm-hmm. people would come uh neighbors and they'd bring something, Oh, you know, I made this and we get plenty, mm-hmm. and, yeah. Well, yeah, I want to yeah. share it with you. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. bye my, you can bring the pot back. And so we would eat it and whatnot and wash the pot off. And then my parents would go, we we'll put something inside the pot. Yeah. Could be anything. One fish, whatever. Some mangoes, whatever. And I looked at that. I went, oh, how come? He says, oh, you never return the pot empty. Mm-hmm. You know, you always uh, give something. You know, you yeah, share yeah. something with them. And that was a custom. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was my kai, right? That's that—that's the good, pro- the proper way to behave. Because, you know, again, you don't leave a puka; you have to fill the gap. You know, you fill the hole. You don't dig a hole; you fill the hole. So the hole, in this case, is the pot, the basket, the bag, whatever they give you. You you put something in it, preferably of equal or greater value. And interesting enough, that concept of replace, release, and replace giving and receiving are, are very similar. Yeah. So the addictions that we face in our life, all that kind of stuff, the only way to satisfy yourself is to replace it with something of equal or greater value. So someone gives you something, you want to give back. I received this gift from you, I give back to you, but I'm going to give you equal or greater value. And what happens is that you establish a sense of obligation to one another. So, everyone is always looking at making sure that the next person has more. That's an additive process, not a, a reductive process. We live in a, in a reductive world where we reduce things, right? We break, break it into parts. But our kapuna well, no, actually came from a different space, right? And, and like I said, if you look at kapu aloha through the lens of the contemporary mind, it's confusing. But if you look at it through the lens, the island lens, the island worldview, that our kupuna came from, it makes perfect sense. It you know, makes perfect sense because
1: there's harmony.
0: And most people want to talk about peace, but the reality is it's harmony. When you're in harmony, there's going to be peace.
1: Right. There's a
0: lot of peace, but there can be disharmony.
1: It's all know? about harmony.
0: It's all about harmony. Yeah.
1: It and really, so it, uh, it's
0: finding harmony, which is really about equilibrium, which is not balance. And again, the tendency to look at the Western principle of balance is all things are equal. But nature doesn't operate that way, and neither did our kupuna. It's from a level of resiliency that was based on equilibrium, right? The tide goes in, the tide goes out. Sometimes got more, sometimes got less. Today I got more, tomorrow I'll get less. But somewhere, everything is in balance.
1: It's all going to equal
0: up. Yeah, it's all going to equal up, Mm -hmm. exactly.
1: I'm going to take a short break here. We've been speaking with a good friend of mine, Ramsey Tom, and like Mm -hmm. I said, this guy in my estimation, so talented. Uh, what does he talk about? And, you know, my response is everything and anything, but we'll be right back. <laughs> Aloha, everybody. This is Auntie Puka,
0: and I want to invite you to listen in on Tuesdays to Mila's Lunch Wagon. This is Uncle Bootsy. <laughs> My nephew just going to be talking story. I'm going to be chasing the chickens. Auntie Puka going to be inside the wagon cooking up some chicken katsu as soon as I get the chickens, yeah? We're just going to be eating lunch, talking story about all kinds of great things. That's Mila's Lunch Wagon, Tuesdays from 11 to 1. Right here on KNKR LP 96.1 FM,
1: Koala. Hey, that's a good friend of mine, uh, Mila Poleta, a great musician, Uh great story. Uh, oh, yeah, that guy is fantastic. What a yeah, voice. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> but uh, we've been listening to k and LP 96.1 FM Kohala. And uh, we've been talking with uh, Ramsey Tom, and we've been talking about Kapu Aloha, which, uh, you know, it, it's it's, sounds, it's a buzzword uh, recently. You know, everybody's talking about Kapu Aloha. And, and uh, one question about it, Ramsey. aloha. Is that a way of life?
0: Absolutely. You know, I, I, I think we're actually having to use the term today to edify a way of life that didn't have to be spoken. You know, I think about my grandmother's time. She rarely ever used the word aloha because fundamentally, it's a very deep spiritual term. In fact, some might even claim it to be the name of, you know, God yeah, unspoken, yeah. right? Yeah. So, because the Ah, the fire, the heat energy, which is represented in Bra, La, Yahweh, is a global, universal concept of that, that energy, the creative energy. The Alo is to be joined with that energy, and the creative energy of life giving breath. Of that aloha, so the aloha is the is the singularity where the Elohim that our Hebrew friends might talk about would be the. That's prayer. right. Yeah, yeah. So aloha versus Elohim, if if you subscribe to that way of thinking, then it's not a word that you would just throw around. <laughs> you know, it's something that you would reserve. But if you're really living the way of God, you're living the way of spirituality. It's not your words that speak, but your behavior. So, Allah is a behavior. Kapu Allah is the way we behave. When you behave a certain way. Now, that doesn't mean um, mistake my kindness for weakness. That's different. Right. There's a tendency for people to think because he's gentle and kind that he's weak. Allah is not a weakness in, in any way, shape, or form. But Allah is that is a deeper spiritual, spiritual principle that guides, you know, and, and that's why I believe that that's where that is. So when you say kapola, it's the way, what way? To live in the harmony, to live in accordance with all things around you, you know. And unfortunately, because we've used it as a slogan in the visitor industry for so long, people only assign it this one level, right? Hello. You always got to be happy. You always got to be right. friendly, you know, right? Right. So, no, aloha means being firm, too. You know, if my, my son or daughter decides to run in the street, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, go, go, go play. Right? And if they get banged by the car, it's my fault. Right? So sometimes you have to pull the ear. So my left ear is longer than my right. Kupuna <laughs> to pull the time, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah? But they pull with aloha. They didn't pull for out of anger or punishment.
1: Because they love right?
0: you. That's right. They right? want to protect you. Yeah, exactly. And so in the same respect, we don't fit over fish. One of the kapuna who is a, a Levi told me, you know, boy, sometimes you got to feed the fish. Don't just catch the fish. You just keep catching, not going to have fish tomorrow. you got to feed the fish. So there's an entire time period. That all you do is feed the fish. And guess what? When you feed the fish, you develop a relationship. The relationship with the fish so you feed them, and ultimately they feed you. Ah, there's aloha, giving them and receiving. You There's give that the harmony. She yeah. receives the fish, there's harmony.
1: There's that reciprocity. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, <laughs> and that behavior was called kapu. You live by that kapu, you kapu the fish, the fish can feed you later. See, so we've been taught, or we've been believing that these were um, the kapu, tabu, right, Prohibition. But these are technically laws of conservation. These are conservation laws. Some of the best, earliest conservation laws. Ever.
1: Right. Yep.
0: But today, we need an environmental protection agency to, to come down and tell us how to behave because we misbehave.
1: Unfortunately, uh, there's still a lot of problems.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah, it doesn't really. Uh, I mean, when I look at the ancient concept mm-hmm. uh, in feeding the numbers of people that lived off of the resources, mm-hmm. uh, their their concept of Harmony, kapu, mm-hmm. aloha, uh, work perfectly fine. fine.
0: That's right.
1: You know? That's right. I'm so gonna, the yeah. thing, you know,
0: nature is nature. There are going to be times when you're going to have less rain or more rain, mm-hmm. you know. But when you're in harmony, you understand that. I know kupuna who could look at the ocean in the morning and tell you, oh, it's going to rain at 4 o'clock. Right?
1: I believe it. And it's perfectly
0: sunny at 10 o'clock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They say, hey, get ready. More so, they could tell you six months from now, it's not going to have rain. Right? So they're looking at all the signs around them. The water is too thin. The salinity level in the water is too high. The leaf on the how tree is too small. You know, the pua that he just ca- caught normally is six inches, only four inches. And when he sees all these things, he goes, Ah, oh, wait, we no, way, You know, not going to have water. So you guys better stop planting potatoes. No plant taro.
1: Right, right. So there,
0: there, there was an attunement there. There was an alignment. They understood these things. And it wasn't bad on you. It was just good for all of us if you take care now. Otherwise, we chase later, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, so
0: th- a lot of this stuff we've lost, you know, um, because, like I said, I think we went from weed to me. I've got to feed myself first now, you know.
1: Well, Whereas isn't that more of a Western concept? I'm sorry. Isn't that more of a Western concept? Uh,
0: I I think so. You know, it's it's the GDP mathematics, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which I remember someone saying, uh, you know, it's it's about profit. You know, profit is one when, when one takes more than one gives. You know, that was his explanation. Whereas our kupuna, I believe, operated from surplus, not profit.
1: I want I want to take a, a different path cuz we got about mm-hmm. uh 12 minutes left. Oh, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I want to take advantage of all your knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Uh p- prior to uh, our conversation earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh I talked to you about cultural identity, depression mm-hmm. and suicide. Mm-hmm. And when we look at the uh our young Hawaiian mm-hmm. men, I say that a majority of the suicides were uh, young Hawaiian males. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, that that's that's changing, as I understand. But mm-hmm. still, yet in our community, uh, you know, the majority was young Hawaiian males. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we we had talked about that culture identity and all that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, you know, I mean, this whole conversation about Kamehameha, the rock, you know. Wayne Johnson is going to play Kamehameha, yeah, and people are having a hard time with him playing Kamehameha. I think it's rooted to that. The reality is, who's going to be the next Kamehameha, <laughs> right? <laughs> the Hawaiian male it was emasculated a long time ago, and in in its place, that energy, that mana, there was only one Kamehameha. Nobody was going to step up and try to be Kamehameha. No, no, right? I mean, what guy was going to be? Happy? big enough colonies to do that, right? Say, hey, I'm going to become M.L. Because everybody honored the mo'i. And that was it. So who took the place? All the wahine took the place, you know? Kahumanu, Kawahi, yeah. Lili'uokalani, Emma. So we have all these wahine. And the wahine took, took the responsibility, and, and perhaps rightfully so, at the time of the rising of the, of the feminine, mm-hmm. right? But probably going back to an older time. So but the, the the thing now happens is so what does the Kane do? What's his role? He, we're not fighting anymore, right? We're not hunting anymore. We're not doing the things that Kane would would have done back then. Right. Now, we don't even hula. I mean when we started hula, they all started doing hula again. That was an eye opener for people. It's like what? But the reality is Kane were the ones that did the hula. Right,
1: right? that's right.
0: So many things got got taken away and the model of what a kane is, what he does. At what point when, I don't know who it was, we had this conversation I asked the question, at what point did we as kane say, it's no longer my responsibility to put a house or a roof over my family's head, right? Or to get an ed- education. That it's somebody else's responsibility. Kamehameha school is supposed to give me an education.
1: Quite oh, they give me a, a house. Give,
0: yeah, they yeah. give me a house. At what point did we give up that kuleana, that responsibility as comics to stop taking care of our wives, our husbands, our families, our communities? When did that stop? So it, and, and like I said earlier, unless you release or replace and replace with something equal, greater value, you're always going to be hungry because whatever you put in your hand is not enough. And fundamentally, this notion of taking oneself out is really saying there's not enough. There's not enough for me to stay. There's not enough for me to identify. There's not enough for you to recognize me. I am not enough. And fundamentally, that's tough for anybody, Hawaiian or not, right? That's a, That speaks to belonging. That speaks to identity. Who are you when you see yourself in the mirror? And it doesn't matter what anyone else sees or is it just as important that what you see and I think if we haven't provided them with a role model, then you've got to be your own role model. And how do you do that when your identity is already been stripped away? That's a tough one, right? It's not It's not an excuse, it's a reason, right? But it shouldn't be an excuse.
1: But it's a dialogue that uh, needs to take place.
0: I, I think it does. There's no question about it. But I think we can't, we, we can't keep pointing to the fact that, you know, um, the overthrow happened yeah we know it happened but the reality is i still have responsibility to feed my family you know and as long as i'm waiting for somebody else to get better i'm always going to be a victim
1: oh okay i want to get to that so you think some of us we look at ourselves as as victims yeah so that excuses us from our our responsibility yeah
0: technically so if somebody stole this from me hey you got to pay me back right and so they, they now that they're in my house, I'm gonna sit in the yard until you give me at my house back. But in the meantime, you gotta put your family in the house, bro. we we'll fight the house, fight the house later. But right now, you gotta take your family. And so at, at some point in time, yes, these, these wrongs did happen. But doing sitting back and waiting for other people to correct it does not fix the situation, right? You're still a, and, and fundamentally, I think we we're talking about this. As long as I'm waiting for externalities to change in order for my internal part of me to change, I'm a victim. If I have to wait for you to say sorry, for me to feel better, I'm going to be waiting a long time, especially if you die before I ever hear that,
1: right? Uh, uh, exactly.
0: And so right now we're waiting for somebody who doesn't even exist to apologize for something that happened. Right? Yes, I agree. You know, we got screwed. Something happened. But the reality is every day I wake up, kuleana, cool, stand up, let Allah take joy the fact that you've had a breath you could stand up. Right? Yeah. And step. Kuleana is to walk. Anna is to demonstrate that capacity. That's Kuleana. You know. But to sit there and wait, say, oh, you know, Kamehameha School's gotta give me an education until then I just gonna be low, Because somebody took my aina. No, bro, you know, that that, that doesn't cut it. Or DHHL owes us all these things, yeah, okay, they're supposed to be given us as that. They're not living up to the responsibility, but neither are we if we're waiting for them to make it right. So it's, it's not that easy, but I think the symptom that you're talking about that eventually represents itself or presents itself as suicide is the same thing that is tied to diabetes and other health issues, all the suffrages that we as Kanaka Maoli experience, we're at the top of all the wrong list. Right,
1: right, right. Incarceration, in yeah, disease. Yeah,
0: and with all the money that keeps getting thrown at our at at our community.
1: Oh my gosh! You know, you know uh, a, grants are based upon data of Native Hawaiians. Yeah. For there programs, is. I mean, you got to have the Native Hawaiians because they so bust up. Yeah. I know. I know.
0: But, you know, that that's, take, take the term Hawaiian off and put the word addiction on it. Addict. Right? Because yeah. it's not a Hawaiian problem. It's a human condition. The human nature becomes addicted to things. Right? So the fact of the matter is, if someone keeps offering me stuff, then why should I create it for myself? Somebody's going to offer it to you. Right? So I don't need to help myself because i got all these other people that want to help me. <laughs> so, and the reality is, if I get better, then nobody's going to recognize me anymore, right? So I, I'm not saying this is about Hawaiians. I'm just saying this about disenfranchised communities or anybody that has become codependent on a system that really, for all intents and purposes, is hamstringing them because they, they're not really doing for themselves. We've become really good at grant writing.
1: Definitely. Um right. Not necessarily we writing the grants, no either
0: right. right but if if my aspiration is to be a good grant writer, so that I can ask somebody for extra money that they have left on the table at the end of the day, what is that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we're always waiting for some and if they don't give it to us, we 're a victim because they didn't they didn't give us the money
1: that's right we be, right. we become the victim
0: we become the victim again, so if we 're always waiting for someone else's um Devil in, to satisfy the pukas in our in our pet. Uh, we got something else coming, right? uh, Again, my, my concept here is that it's not to say that something didn't happen. Something did happen. Should there be reparations? Certainly. But the reality is in the meantime, you cannot sit down and wait. We gotta do stuff. Right? Education, you know, perpetuation, all and and part of it is our culture, is going back to the the um, I think the assets of our culture rather than focusing on the liability. And I think there's too way, many yeah. people that want to remind us about what we lost. Too many people want well, to remind us about what we constant.
1: lost. It's depressing. Right. You know, and then you mentioned about uh, the aloha. Mm-hmm. Do we have a law for our wives, for our children, mm-hmm. As, mm-hmm. as males? Right. You know, do we have a law for them to? To, to put a roof over their heads, to, to mm-hmm. put food on the table, to go Hana every day. And, right. uh, you know, and, and do whatever we can. Mm-hmm. That's our priority. Right. But we've got a few minutes left, and I, I just want to ask you a question. Um, mm-hmm. I'd really like to invite you to the call of community. And uh, I'm thinking, like, you know, there's different groups, there's different people. Mm-hmm. That they're all concerned about depression and suicide and all that they mm-hmm. all have their little mm-hmm. they're not their little they have their programs and I really mm-hmm. feel there's a need to and th- th- there's one thing that's missing though yeah it's the cultural aspects of it all well, something that we've been discussing and I really feel the need there's a need for all of us to sit down and mm-hmm. have that dialogue you yeah i i understand I'd, and I'd, that I'd, understanding. I'd and, love
0: to jeff you know i I tell you I don't go where I'm
1: not invited. <laughs> oh yeah, but I know you're a facilitator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're you're mm-hmm. very very great at it. Mm-hmm. And so I like you. to call upon you now in the future, mm-hmm. hopefully in the near future, where we can meet with all the stakeholders to say, mm-hmm. okay, where are we?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Why are we doing mm-hmm. it? And where are we doing? You know, just answering all those questions. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I think it uh, would be a great thing if we could do it. The only thing I would say in the meantime to anyone who's you know facing those kinds of challenges and looking at the best, right? Yeah, is to remember that we are the product of success. If we're here today, we're the product of success because our kupuna that came on the canoe, others didn't make it. Others didn't make it through the plague. Others didn't make it through you know through all of the, the trials and tribulations. Forty thousand Native Hawaiians, and you know, now we're back. If we are here today, you are the product of success. So you start every morning from a position of success, not failure. And if you continue to listen to other people to remind you about what you lost and what your liabilities are, then time to start focusing on the assets that we do have. I think that's where the conversation's got to start. We've got to start with as a, as a wet sponge, as my he would say, not as a dry sponge. Okay? Enter every day as a wet sponge, ready to absorb, ready to receive, and recognize we have assets that we have yet to really uncover or to yet to really reveal. But oh. don't focus on the whole. Right? There's oh. too many people pointing at the hole. And for every generation we bring to point at the hole, the next generation pushes them in. We've got to stop looking at the whole. We've got to start looking at the, at the asset. I, want
1: to you know, say, I think uh, that's where it starts. Well, Ramsey, I want to say mahalo. Hey, we've been to speak to Ramsey Tom, an old friend, but uh, a very talented individual. I hope to bring him here to Kohala. We can have sit down with all the stakeholders that uh, deal with the type of the conversations that we've been having, and uh, I'm looking forward to that day. And uh, I just all the way from Arizona calling. What time is it there? <laughs> uh,
0: let's it's almost 11 now. Almost 11 no, o'clock. Thank you like so much, Ramsey. Yeah yeah no problem I'm glad we got a chance. I'll see you soon. Okay. I'll be i be home soon. Wow. Aloha and we all, allama Aloha. This is Aloha Country on KNKR. LP ninety-six point one FM Kohala.